The season is over for the Louisville men's basketball team. So with that being said, on today's episode of the Locked on the Louisville podcast, we're talking about what needs to happen for the Cardinals this offseason. We'll also talk about um, who stays and who goes. And then we'll also talk about L. Ellis being completely left off of the all-ACC teams. Let's get right on into the show. You are Locked on Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On the Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. As always, I want to thank you all for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder that the Locked On the Louisville podcast is free on all streaming services five days a week, your team, every day. The season is over for the Louisville men's basketball team, so now all eyes are on the offseason. We're going to begin by discussing what needs to happen for the Cardinals ahead of the 2023-24 campaign. We'll then discuss who stays, who goes from this year's team all coming up on the second segment of the show. And, the two, and then to conclude the episode, we'll talk about how LL is being left off of all of the All-ACC teams is both comical and horrendous. So before we do that, I want to give a shout-out to my guy, Kevin L1C for the Arts for the Louisville Love hoodie. Um, love his merchandise and apparel. To check out all of his Louisville gear, go to his Facebook and Twitter page. So the season's over. For the Louisville men's basketball team after losing to Boston College in the first round of the ACC tournament on Tuesday. All eyes are on the offseason. Look, this was a tough year. Um, That goes without saying, probably the toughest year that most people have had to endure for Louisville basketball. I mean, four wins is, I mean, it's not necessarily something that we've had to deal with as Louisville fans. But um, getting to that point... This fan base is extremely divided once again. Granted, I think to answer the question, what needs to happen for this team ahead of the 2023-24 campaign? Well, there's a couple things. I think it's one thing is you have to completely overhaul the roster. And you have to make some adjustments when it comes to um, style of play, so on and so forth. We're going to talk about that here in just a moment. But I want to talk about... Just how divided this fan base is. And we've talked about this on a couple of episodes, right? There's been one portion of the fan base that believes that there's the talent on this roster. There's no excuse for this team only winning four games. Um, This team has multiple top 100 recruits from, you know, across the past couple of cycles. Um, There's talent on this team. We've seen it throughout the year. There's no reason for this team to only have four wins. This is specifically on coaching. And we haven't seen enough from Kenny Payne to suggest that he is the man for the job. That's what one side of the table believes. On the other side of the table is a completely different point of view. This point of view says, well, Kenny Payne was was not given a fair hand. He had to immediately deal with the NCAA cloud, um, you know, the possibility of a postseason ban being handed down, um, you know, having that you know, hinder transfer portal recruiting from this past year. Not to mention that, but Chris Mack didn't necessarily leave the program in the best spot. Um, 
so on and so forth to where he had to deal with some roster issues, had to deal with the NCAA cloud, so on and so forth. And not to mention, I mean, you're one of a coaching tenure. Sometimes you need time to, um, you know, rebuild a program and get the guys that you want into the program into the program. So he just needs time. So I think, you know, this fan base is so very divided and it makes me sad to see that and seeing Louisville fans turn on each other when in all reality, um, you know, we should be coming together because, I mean, not to mention, you know, it feels like we got to deal with ACC officiating. Um, the NCAA has never, um, it seems like, given the Louisville its fair due. But nonetheless, you, you see what I'm saying? There's two very different point of views. And I think that the truth is always somewhere in the middle, um, you know, when there's two totally different and opposing point of views. I mean, I think that this roster had some talent, but it's clear that it's this roster had some flaws as well. I think that um, Kenny Payne was given, um, you know, was or let me let me rephrase, was not given a fair hand to begin his tenure. I think that yeah, he had to deal with the NCAA cloud over his head. Um, but at, at the same time, I think that you know you you live and learn. Um, you know, this is his first year as a head coach, so I'm sure that you know he can always improve. I, what I'm trying to get at is that this four win season, you can't point to one person or persons. The blame is on everyone. Because you can't be this bad and it only be one person or person's fault, right? So I think that the blame's on everyone. I think that everyone has to do some, um, you know, reflecting, see where things went wrong. How can you improve and focus that towards next season? Um, Josh Hurd came out and basically said uh, that Kenny Payne is getting a second season. I think that probably everyone saw that coming uh, whether you agree with that or not it's happening so at this point in time there's no point in just sitting here whining about it the i think the the portion now is what needs to happen moving forward and i think that number one there has to be a roster overhaul because it's clear that whether or not that there's talent on this roster that this team still has to get significantly better. You have to bring in a bunch of players from the transfer portal, probably about three to five players from the transfer portal that, um, and probably more so geared towards the former, I'm sorry, the latter. I mean, you're probably looking more towards four to five rather than three to four. I think that you have to completely overhaul this roster. You have to bring in guys that have produced at the previous level, um, or let me rephrase, at their previous stop, whether that be high power five ball or in mid-major ball, we've seen both types of players succeed at Louisville. Um, you have to bring in guys that are able to produce right away. Um, I think that you know, with the opportunities you have at hand, because basically what you're saying if you're Louisville, and we've talked about this before, what you can say is, look, you can come into a blue blood program that is looking to try to get into, um, you know, get into the right direction. Look, I know the record wasn't the greatest this past year, but there's ample playing time. There's opportunity to play in the ACC on the Power Five level, um, while also, you know, playing in front of one of the um, most passionate fan bases in the country, and also in great facilities. Now, granted, 
Louisville still has to win games. So I think that that is directly going to affect attendance as well. But the roster has to be overhauled. And I think that everyone knows that. Like there has to be multiple players that come in. And I'm not just saying like one or two. Like there has to be three, four, five players that have contributed at the collegiate level come into this program because it needs it. Um, Also on top of that, I mean, I think not only does the roster have to get adjusted, but I think that there needs to be some uh, adjustment coaching-wise as well. Let me rephrase. I'm not saying that I know as much as Kenny Payne, Nolan Smith, Josh Jamison, and Danny Manning. I am a podcast host. I'm not going to sit here and act like I know what the um, changes need to be, but um, I think that if you asked a lot of people, well, what's Louisville's identity on both sides of the basketball? Well, offensively, a lot of times it was isolation ball that ended with hoping that L. Ellis could score 20 points. Defensively, well, the Cardinals were very, very uh, bad defensively. And this was with a, a lackluster strength of schedule, one of the easiest strength of schedules that Louisville's had in the past two decades. So something needs to be tweaked. Now, you can contribute this to the roster, and uh, maybe that had a good amount to do with it, but I don't think that all of the woes were on the roster. I think that, um, you know, there has to have, there has to be some growth coaching wise as well. There has to be some improvements, some adjustments. You know, hey, this didn't work year one. Here's what we're going to do, or here's what we're going to try to do year two to try to change things up because we saw that this didn't work, so we're going to try that. I think that that's kind of how coaching works um, across all the sports, right? Um, So maybe that becomes easier with a better roster, and hopefully that's the case. But I think that to summarize, the offseason needs to reflect significant change from this roster. Like there has to be a roster overhaul um, because I think everyone's at fault. I think that from top to bottom, I think that, um, you know, the coaching staff, the players, everyone has to be at fault for a four and 28, 29 season, whatever the, or I'm not sure what the record was uh, just four wins, but regardless I think that we're in a situation to where there has to be a major change in talent. There has to be some adjustments coaching. So year two, we're able to, um, you know, hopefully begin to muster up some momentum early on. Um, I think that, and we're going to talk about here in just a second, the players that could possibly come back, players that would possibly go, so on and so forth. But in the offseason, look, I, I, I'm not saying that they have to go out and get five All-Americans. But we've seen teams like Kansas State, um, like uh, Arkansas, um, so on and so forth, be able to address the portal and get four to five, six players from the portal that can contribute right away and allow your team to compete for the tournament next year, which is what I believe that the Louisville Cardinals should be doing. So heading into the second segment, we're going to talk about who stays and who goes from this year's team. We'll do that here in just a second after we talk about our friends and the title sponsor of the show, FanDuel Sportsbook. So we're over the midway point of the NBA season, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your bet if your first bet does not win. Um, I've mentioned time and time again, I'm not necessarily proud of it, but I've I will always wear my Rockets attire. I'm a huge Houston Rockets fan. We're the worst team in the league, uh, third year in a row. But I like to see what the bets are for the Rockets. Um, I like to see what the 
money line is. I like to see what the player props for Jalen Green and Jabari Smith are, so on and so forth. Then they have very, very specific bets that are very neat as well. Don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Hey, Cardinal fans, thanks again for making Locked On the Louisville your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball, everything you need to know about college basketball all in one place, plus hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Heading on into the second segment, discussing who is staying or who may stay and who may go. Obviously, at this point, it's all... Um, it's all guesses. I don't really have any inside information. There's a couple of names that when talking about who could possibly be staying, there's a couple names that always get brought up. Those names are JJ Trainer, Brandon Huntley Hadfield, Emmanuel Acorafor, and I think the last name changes here and there. Some people say Kamari Lands, some people say Mike James. Um, but it's up in the air at this point, right? There still are some um, you know, questions and curiosities, regardless uh, of who you know is possibly going to stay, possibly going to go. So let's break it down. Um, I, I think that you're probably looking at, at about four players coming back. Five if L. Ellis comes back. I think Emmanuel Acorfor coming late into the season, um, playing a couple of games. Uh, Acorfor played five games, um, averaged. Four and a half points a game, uh, play 15 minutes per contest. Um, I think that he's a player that is going to come back. Um, outside of that, I could see a player like Brandon Huntley Hetfield coming back as well. Huntley Hetfield had uh, seven points, five rebounds per contest, played in 24 games, had some injury issues in the ACC play, but still averaged about 26 minutes per game. I think that Brandon Huntley Hatfield and Emmanuel Okorafor are probably the two players that I would probably feel most comfortable saying that they're both going to be back. Possible that Huntley Hatfield may look to try to go pro. I'm not sure how um, you know eligibility would work with him if he were to transfer out again, whether or not he would have to sit out. But with the way uh, waivers are being granted, you would probably think that he would get ruled immediately eligible. Um but I think that Brandon Huntley Hatfield's going to be back. Um, so that leaves a couple more spots. I think that the players that are probably right in line for that would be Mike James, um, JJ Trainer, Kamari Lands, and possibly Jalen Withers. I think that those are the four that are probably more likely to come back than the others. So I think you take two of those four. So a lot of people think JJ Trainer could be back. Most people think, oh, he, well, he's going to be back, or he definitely could be back. I think that J.J. Trainer is one that a lot of Louisville fans would look at and say, that's the one I want back the most because of what he was able to do at the back end of the season. And I would agree. I think that J.J. Trainer could definitely see some growth um, you know, next season for Louisville, having a veteran wing that can play both ways, both um, you know, a 3 and D guy that can take it to the rim. I think that J.J. Trainer. Um, Mike James, Kamari Lands, Jalen Withers are the four that you're looking at and thinking, well, I could see all of them coming back, but I could also see two of them coming back. Look, I think that to have a complete roster overhaul, 
not all of these players are going to come back. And I think that that's something that we need to understand is that to have an overhaul, you have to have the spots. So to look at how many spots you have, to sum up the recruiting right now, to sum up where the spots are, you have Karan Davis, Caleb Glenn, Curtis Williams Jr., um, let's say Emmanuel Acorafor. Let's say four players come back. So you have those, whoever of the four and Davis, Williams, Glenn, that's seven. Let's also add a guy like Dennis Evans into the mix, which people think are going to commit to Louisville. He's on an official visit to Louisville this weekend. That's eight. At that point, you have five open spots to work with. And if L. Ellis comes back, you have four. Um, I, I think that that's right. I mean, I think that that's where we're at in terms of the recruiting at the moment, if I'm not mistaken. I feel like I'm forgetting a name. I might not be, but I feel like for some reason I am completely forgetting a name as we speak. But at this point in time, um, looking at it now, it looks like, okay, so two have signed their letter of intent and then Cron Davis. So you have three incoming recruits. You have, let's say, four starters, maybe five if L. Ellis comes back. That leaves seven to eight spots that are accounted for. That gives you um, – you know, five to six transfer spots if Dennis Evans comes in, four to five. Um, and then there's been rumored of Churchill Abass, um, possibly Sky Clark. So you have, you know, let's say four to six spots to work with, theoretically, depending on who comes back. I think that that's a good amount of opportunity on top of what you have returning and coming in to have a solid team next year. So I, I think that, you know, you're going to see players like, Devin Ree, like Hersey Miller, uh, Fabio Basili. Um, well, I could actually see Hersey Miller coming back. I'm not sure if he – I think he was awarded a wall uh, – I think he was a, rewarded a scholarship. Um, I'm not sure if he would be a walk-on next year. I could see I, – I think that guys like Rose Wheeler, um, Sidney Curry, Devin Ree, Fabio Basili probably won't be back next year, um, granted – you never know. This is all just kind of guessing at this point. Um, but I think that guys like Jalen Withers, um, I think Jalen Withers and Kamari Lance are probably two of the guys that versus Mike James and JJ Trainer. I think James and Trainer of the four that we've been talking about, I think those are the two that are most likely to come back. Um, Jalen Withers has been at this program for. Um, let's see, this was his third year, actually fourth year. If you look at the, um, the red shirt season. So maybe he looks to go elsewhere to, um, you know, get a little bit of a change of scenery. I'm not sure. Maybe Kamari lands looks to go elsewhere as well. You know, as a true sophomore, both players would have a long list of suitors in their recruitment. But I think that you're probably looking, I, I feel like four to five. And then obviously if L Ellis comes back, that would be big news as well. At this point, people say he's 50, 50, um, whether that's going to the league or coming back or, you know, going professionally or coming back. I think it's just going to depend on, you know, the feedback that he gets from professional scouts. Um, you know, what, you know, next season looks like for Louisville. Um, I really think it's 50-50. I think L loves it here at Louisville, but I think at the end of the day, he's going to have to make the decision that's best for himself. 
Um, so we'll see. But I obviously think that that would be big news if the Cardinals were able to get L back for a fifth year. So, um, like I said, I think who stays, who goes. I think you're going to have a core four trainer, um, you know, two of Withers, Lands, and James. And then I think that the others are going to look to go elsewhere. So, we aren't done talking about this current season. Um, I know that the year is over, but I would be remiss if I did not discuss L. Ellis being completely left off of the all ACC teams. It's comical and horrendous. We'll talk about it in here in just a second. I want to thank you all again for making Locked On the Louisville your first listen of the day. Just a reminder the Locked On the Louisville podcast is free on all streaming services five days a week, your team every day. I knew or I had a feeling that L. Ellis was not going to make the all ACC first team because of um, players that are on more successful teams that have more recognition than L. Ellis. What I did not know was that the ACC was going to completely leave them or leave him off of the all ACC teams. L. Ellis was an honorable mention was not one of the players selected to the all ACC teams. He was not one of the 15 selected. The guards selected over L. Ellis, Isaiah Wong, um, Tyree Appleby. I think Hunter Tyson is a guard. No, I think he's a forward. Um, Terquavian Smith, um, Jordan Miller, Kihei Clark, Reese Beekman. There's a handful of other ones that I'm forgetting off the top of my head. L. Ellis. Second in the conference in scoring with 17.7 points per game. Top 10 in the conference in assists per game. If you consider Tyree Appleby to be a forward, L. Ellis led the conference in scoring. If you didn't, he was second in scoring. I know that Louisville had a historically bad season, and it probably affected this list. I mean, what? how else could you justify L. Ellis not making these lists. But I want to discuss something. Take a look at ACC Player of the Year Isaiah Wong's stats for this season. We're going to compare. 15.9 points per game. L. Ellis had more points per game than Isaiah Wong. 4.4 rebounds per game. Two more than L. Ellis. 3.4 assists per game. One less than L. Ellis. Shooting the ball 44% from the field. L. Ellis was 41% from the field. What I am not saying is that Isaiah Wong was not deserving of ACC Player of the Year. I think that Isaiah Wong is one of the most underrated players in the country. He's fantastic, and he is extremely solid. I'm not, this is no disrespect to Isaiah Wong. I'm not making the case that he's not better than L. Ellis. What I'm saying is that if that is the criteria for ACC Player of the Year, you can't tell me that what L. Ellis is putting up per game is not worthy of somewhere in the first team, second team, or third team. An honorable mention for L. Ellis, come on, give me a break. I'm sorry. It's unacceptable. I do not care that Louisville only won four games. Are we making this to where the All-Americans list is a team award? 
Is this the NBA? Are we putting this into an MVP situation to where we're focusing on team success? Should that have some say in this? Possibly, especially when you're talking about player of the year. But when you're talking about All-Americans and you're talking about the best players in the conference from a certain season, you cannot look me in the eye and tell me that L. Ellis was not one of the 15 best players in the conference. You could say, oh, well, his team was only four. His team only had four wins. He was stat padding. That is completely BS. He was definitely not stat padding because he was the only one consistently scoring the basketball for this Louisville team. In fact, I would argue that it's even more impressive you know, what he did this season compared to others because he was the number one focus for every defense he played. All the defenses he played focused squarely on him. He had to be the hero almost every game for the Louisville Cardinals in a lot of games for the Cardinals to have a chance. I think it's it's unfair for sure. I think it's egregious. I think it is a complete unacceptable it's completely unacceptable. It's not a complete unacceptable because that doesn't make sense. I just feel like, um, sure, you can say, well, if other players were on the Louisville, they would average those numbers, would they? You're telling me that all these other players on this team, if you take away some of their supporting cast, if you put them on a Louisville team that struggled all season long with chemistry on both ends of the court, that struggled finding other scores other than um, – L. Ellis on a nightly basis that they would come into this situation and thrive like Ellis did. I'm not buying it. Some of them would. Some of them would be successful because they're very, very good players. I do not think that all 15 of the guys on this list, you can tell me with a straight face, would jump into this situation and being able to average nearly 18 points a game, being the number one focus for opposing teams. I, I just can't see it. So I had to talk about it. Sure, it's over. You know, call me a crybaby all you want, but I think it needed to be talked about. So, uh, obviously, a lot needs to happen for this Louisville men's basketball team in the offseason, a roster overhaul, some co- coaching adjustments, so on and so forth. I think about four to five players are going to come back. The rest will leave, leaving about four to six scholarships open. But nonetheless, L. Ellis, do not forget, L. Ellis was left off of the all-ACC teams because the Cardinals were bad, which is – frankly unacceptable so that's going to wrap up this episode of the show everyone have a great day we'll see you right back here tomorrow